So welcome everybody to the third episode of Thanks for Interest. My name is Ilan. I'm here with Emily and Morgan. And this episode, we're going to talk about the beginning stages of job applications. And we know a lot of people are struggling with getting to a hiring manager screen or interview just from applying. So what we want to discuss in this episode is best methods and strategies to move forward when you're applying to jobs and what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us. And of course, at the end, we'll want to know what's worked for you. So um, before we begin, um, I want to move it to uh, both Emily and Morgan, just to kind of hear any updates over the last couple of weeks. So we'll start with Emily. Yeah, um, I think it's been a productive couple of weeks. I actually got a job offer um, and then it was taken away. Um, very interestingly. So I was referred to this company um, by a former colleague and friend and went through the interview process. And uh, the last round actually was a presentation. So it took um, a long time getting ready, um, but it went really well. I clicked with the team and um, they offered me a job, which was exciting. Um, however, I did try to use some negotiation skills just to make some adjustments on the title and the salary um, things that, you know, in my experience, I thought were in the realm of possibility for the company. Um, but then I got an email that my job offer was rescinded um, because of the negotiation. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you tried to negotiate salary and job title, and then they took away your offer because of that? Yeah. So they basically sent an email saying, you know, we really appreciate your... Um, your negotiation and it's important to have the job aligned with your expectations, you know, both for the employee and the company. Um, and then they decided to rescind my job offer and um, recommended some other jobs that were maybe more in line with the salary and title I was looking for um, that weren't available yet. So yeah, it was kind of crazy. I'd never really heard of that happening before because wow. of negotiation. I mean, that goes to like a, a different strategy, I guess, you know, from uh, in terms of, negotiations after you get an offer versus what we're going to talk about today. But go ahead, Morgan. Yeah. I was going to say, did they ever come back to you and say like, Hey, this is completely not doable. Um, are you still interested in the position given, you know, these circumstances or did they just, um, completely just rescind the offer right away, um, without giving you, you know, a decision to make on your end? Yeah, so they, uh, I didn't have any communication from them after I sent an email responding to the offer details that had um, my expectations for salary and, of course, language that I was like, hey, you know, I want to come to a mutually agreeable solution. Um, and perhaps that was my bad as well, because a lot of times negotiations, I mean, first rule of negotiations in salary and job offers is always negotiate. Companies are usually expecting candidates to come back with a negotiation, and usually you land somewhere in the middle. So I I was expecting that kind of situation to happen and you know, have a phone call or have a, Hey, we can't do this, but we still want to offer you the job. But it was, it was totally rescinded. There was no conversation. So I thought that was kind of unusual too. Yeah. Well, I wonder what wow. the, I wonder what the sticking point was toward your negotiation uh, that kind of got them to change it around. Was it the salary? I mean, I'm thinking it was the job title, right? Like, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to negotiate salary. Yeah. yeah, there's usually always room for negotiations <laughs> in salary. Um, from my experience, um, yeah, I've never seen this happen. So, yeah, um, it's crazy. Usually, if there's not 
room. There's usually a little bit of a wiggle room, mm-hmm. right? Like, of course, as recruiters, we've like we've delivered offers, and we know that you never offer the top of the salary for the first offer unless you're really, really aligned with the candidate and know they're going to accept right away, right? So usually there's some room in the budget um, to you know get a little bit closer. So yeah, I, it was really kind of a surprising situation. The conversation was just ended, um, and yeah kind of unusual for, for offer negotiations. Um, but also important to, you know, make sure that um, you are aligned with the position. I was overqualified for the role. So that's why I was asking for a, a higher title. Um, and I offered some suggestions that I thought would be appropriate for my education and experience. Um, but it is important, even if you are unemployed and looking for a job to make sure that you represent your skills and experience properly, because I think that really played a role in this scenario too. Um, if I had maybe interviewed for a higher level, um, that would have gone a different way for sure. Yeah, I think that um, your experience just goes along with the frustration. That's the word of the of the podcast, right? So many people feel uh, in their unemployment journey, right? Whether it's the beginning or it's the end. So, um, but yeah, I think um, let's um, let's transition into um, into the beginning of the of the. Um, uh, segment and talk about what strategies have worked for us, what hasn't worked for us, and kind of what's the common strategies when it comes to applying to jobs. And the most common, I would say, is you get laid off, what's the first thing you do? You go on LinkedIn, you see what's open, and you start mass applying. And we know some people have success with that, and some people just are so flustered and can't find any leeway uh, when they are applying to hundreds of jobs per week. So um, curious about what uh, your, you know, you two have experienced in that strategy. Uh, and do you think it's just a numbers game? Do you think that you just have to apply to hundreds and hundreds of jobs and eventually you'll get it? Um, so just why don't you go and, and talk about that strategy for me? Yeah, um, it's tough because I think that sometimes it is a numbers game and then sometimes you apply to the right one and you get a response right away. Um, I think that it depends on the structure of the company and, you know, um, what their processes are, too, because I think that there's companies who leave job, um, you know, jobs open online just to can continue getting applicants when they don't act, you know, they don't have an, um, a spot for them right now within the budget and they have no intent to hire right now. Um, so I think people see that a lot and especially on LinkedIn, there's, you know, jobs that have been open, you know, for months or they just keep reposting them to continue getting applicants. And so, um, you know, and so your resume kind of just falls into, you know, a black hole and then you don't get responses and you get ghosted. Um, or, um, you know, there's certain companies who, you know, are actively, you know, h- hiring for those positions. And so, um, just depends. I think you have to do a lot of your research on the company. Um, I recommend going in and applying straight on the job board and not through LinkedIn. Um, cause I think that, it, you know, a lot of people, I think that you can utilize LinkedIn to, you know, see who the hiring manager is or, you know, who that supporting recruiter is maybe and reach out to them and try to kind of networking, um, and, you know, showing your interest. But um, I recommend, you know, definitely applying on the company website and, you know, not just easy applying to all the applications that you see on LinkedIn, but also, you know, the jobs, even on job boards or um, on their careers website, it takes time too. And you have to, you know, tailor your resume for that position a little bit and, um, you know, go through the whole application process. And some of them are a lot more lengthy than others. Um, but 
Yeah, um, I I have mass applied recently, and I've gotten um, some traction. And but then there's you know some that I there's still a lot that I don't hear back from at all. Um, or mm-hmm. I just get you know the automatic thanks for your interest, but we um, decide to you know yeah. our name with other candidates. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks um, for your interest. So yeah, the quintessential uh, rejection yeah. email. I think you're lucky even if you do receive the thanks for your interest email because sometimes you submit an application and it does go out into the uh, into the ether and you never hear back. And I know a lot of companies are you know pretty sloppy with their job applications. Like you were saying, Morgan, like they might have it open for a long time. They're not actively hiring. There's a lot of factors. And I think you always have a little bit better luck if you filter on LinkedIn for jobs that were posted in the last few weeks. And general rule of thumb, if you're not hearing back from a company within a reasonable time frame, they are probably not interested in your application. So that's something that you just have to accept. If they are interested, they're going to move pretty quickly. You're going to hear from a recruiter, the hiring team, probably within a couple of weeks. But if you're submitting these applications and not hearing back after a month or more, you can probably kiss that application goodbye or um, you know try to get in touch with someone on the team if I know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a frequent posting I see on LinkedIn from uh, actually a recruiter I used to work with, uh, Cass, on at our former company. Um, she has discussed that uh, that mass applying is just a huge waste of time, and that's not what you're supposed to do because it's just going to cause ample frustration, especially mm-hmm. if you're just a number. And one thing I will say is that it depends on what type of qualifications you have. So if you are more, have more so entry-level skills or non-technical skills, then it's going to be a really, really difficult position that you're putting yourself in if you're just going on either LinkedIn or built-in or um, or Indeed, and you're just finding jobs, and then you're just you know going to greenhouse or workday or whatever, and just putting your submitting your resume, in, and that's it. Um, but uh, if you are an experienced aerospace engineer or something like that, then that strategy actually might work. Um, so I think there's a mix of people who who listen uh, to our podcast, and um, but I think for the most part, the strategy of mass applying. Uh, which is something that I've done. It's also the easiest strategy because it's not like a lot of work. You just like go and look at jobs on LinkedIn and click on whatever job you feel like you're qualified for and apply. And it takes two seconds, especially as you're saying more than the easy applies. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think I've ever applied to a job on LinkedIn and gotten a job or gotten a job offer in my life. Maybe I've gotten like a handful of screens. So I don't know if that's the most uh, effective uh, method of, of going about it, but we all do it. We all do it. So, and some people get jobs that way. So. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. LinkedIn has a button if LinkedIn helps you get the job. So maybe you can get some stats there. Yeah. yeah I think definitely going to the company website because also not every company will post a LinkedIn. It costs them money. Uh, depends on their ATS. If it's, automatically to LinkedIn. So if you are interested in a company, it's always worthwhile to check their job page directly um, and see if there's anything relevant there. So um, one thing that my uh, my friend who I just shouted out, the recruiter friend talked about, um, and also things that I have seen posted from recruiters on LinkedIn about best strategies uh, in terms of basically getting, and we're talking about getting from application to hire management screen. So what is the best strategy? is uh, the second thing that we always talk about is referrals. And um, we know that if you get a referral, you're going to be moved 
to the top of the application field from whatever company you're applying to. So uh, what is your strategy uh, to get referrals? Is that something that, you know, both of you have uh, have amplified in your job search? Um, I think referrals are very, you know, key, you know, to be success. I think, you know, it, building relationships and, you know, maintaining, you know, some of those genuine relationships. I think it's um, very, you know, within your professional network, but um, I think that it doesn't always work. I mean, it can help you and, um, but it's also like, you can't just ask them for a favor, like help me get this job. You know, I think you kind of have to foster that connection and it has to be kind of mutual beneficial for the both of you. And, um, I've had, you know, people who have referred me and, you know, I, um, haven't had traction with it. I appreciate their time and stuff like that. But um, I honestly haven't had, you know, the most success right now just within our, my market and my industry with referrals just because, you know, my industry is so saturated right now. Um, and so I think it depends, I guess. Well, Morgan, I have a question. How yeah. are you getting, how are you getting referrals? Like, is it just from family and friends or are you reaching out to people on LinkedIn, high school, college? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's all been LinkedIn for me and just kind of utilizing that um, and connecting with, you know, professionals within my industry. Um um, it hasn't been, you know, friends or family for the most part. Most of my friends and family um, aren't within my industry. And so they've sometimes like sent me positions, um, but it's, you know, maybe within, you know, a company that, you know, maybe I'm not necessarily interested in or um, things like that. And so, yeah, so most of mine have just been utilized through social, um, through social network and online communities. Do, do you think that's worked for you? Do people respond to you when you're asking for a referral? Um, yeah, people. Have, so the referrals I've gotten are people who have reached out to me directly on LinkedIn asking to provide, you know, their help. And um, and some are, you know, just um, offering like I had someone offered, you know, to meet up with me, you know, for lunch and just go over my resume and help tailor it, you know, to the positions that are open at their company um, so that he could get to know me personally, too, so that he, you know, he actually knew the person that he was referring to the positions. And, you know, it was very helpful. And um, I got to learn more about that company, um, you know, got really um excited about the company and learned what their process was like, what their interview process is like, so I can know what to expect. Um, unfortunately, I just didn't get much traction within um, that job position. But um, yeah, it's been, I think that it has helped and I've had, you know, great conversations through it. I just haven't gotten much traction from it yet. And when you say you haven't gotten much traction, Morgan, are you still getting responses from companies or are they ghosting you like they would maybe another application? Yeah, it's mostly just ghosted, just kind of the generic email. Um, thanks for your interest. And most of them have been, I feel like, months later. I, I was ghosted for a while, and then I finally eventually got, you know, a decline months later. Um, and not sure why, if they filled the position or if they, re, you know, um, did some restructuring and don't, you know, need to fill that position anymore. If they, fill, you know, filled it internally, it's always hard knowing. Um, but yeah, so I, it just, they never led to, I guess, um, a recruiter screen or, you know, a hiring manager screen and haven't led me to an actual interview yet. It, it seems like they do help though, like actually getting a response 
from the employer instead of just your application kind of being tossed aside. And yeah, I found that like yeah. referrals are like, they do have a special uh, notation on the system generally, and they do get seen. So whether it's like, and, and reviewed, and that always feels good to know that um, it has been reviewed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that one thing that recruiters uh, can agree on uh, is that you have a better chance at being spoken to as a candidate if your name is put in as a referral. So, Absolutely. I mean, the question is just how do you get referrals, right? I mean, Emily, uh, have, do you have a, stra- a good strategy on doing that? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if I have a great strategy, but <laughs> <laughs> to a, I mean, a few physicians, and it is like really who you've cultivated connections with. Um, so it's mm-hmm. been people I've networked with throughout my career in recruiting who have I've maybe unsuccessfully recruited, but they're like, "Hey, I'm at this company. I saw you know you're looking for work. Let me know if um, I can refer you." Um, or you know, previous colleagues who have moved on to another organization. So um, again, always important to cultivate those relationships in your network. A lot a lot of companies have incentives for people to refer employees. So there might be a referral bonus. There might be some, you know, some more at play than just, you know, referring someone for someone for a job. It could kind of benefit both parties. So I think if there is anyone who's in your network or went to your college or, you know, worked at a previous company, it's definitely worthwhile to reach out and uh, connect, make sure they understand your skills and what you're looking for, um, and then ask if they can refer you because it can be sometimes mutually beneficial. Yeah. And um, one thing that I've been doing recently, and you could take it with a grain of salt because it's not like I've been, you know, so successful in this recent job search, but is to reach out from people who went to the same university as me for mm-hmm. a company that I'm interested in working for. So let's say I'm interested in working for, let me just think of a company, um, Block. Okay, let's think I'm in, pretend I'm interested in working for Block, right? I go to LinkedIn and I go into people and then I look at San Diego State University uh, employees. And then I'll look at someone who's working in a position in a field that I'm interested in. So if I'm interested in getting into, let's say marketing, I see who's a marketing associate or a marketing manager who went to San Diego State. And then and I'll reach out to them on LinkedIn, talk about the fact that we both <laughs> went to San Diego State, um, see if they're open to a conversation and a potential referral. And um, as you're saying, there are incentives to refer people to the company that they work for. There's usually a monetary incentive, as you were saying, Emily. So that's something, a strategy that I've been using uh, recently. Um, I know that in general, we typically don't get responses um, from like just random reach outs, no matter how captivating you make it. But um, it is a, a strategy that uh, I think is worth doing because as you said, like um, in the applicant tracking systems, the uh, referrals are going to be at the top of the list in terms of resumes for the recruiters or sourcers or hire managers to review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And one other, this isn't something that I have utilized, but I know that a lot of companies, you know, host events and career fairs or, you know, informational uh, sessions. And so um, if there's a specific maybe company, you know, that you're interested in, um, I think that's a great, you know, way, something to utilize, um, just to learn more about the company, meet some employees in person, um, kind of express your interest in that organization. Um, especially a lot of the bigger companies, they host a lot of those. Um, and so that's a great, that's always something to look into to see if they're hosting any events in the near future. Um, especially at the beginning of the year now too. Um, I know a lot more companies are starting to plan those, um, coming up. So something definitely to look into if there's, especially if there's something specific, um, you know, company that you're interested in or industry as well. 
Yeah. And I know that um, just kind of going off that point, people who are very interested in a job, a lot of times will spend a lot of time applying to that job. So what I mean by that is maybe they will create a cover letter. Maybe they will respond to a prompt that is asked of them, let's say on Greenhouse or something. So what do you think? Uh, do you think it's worth, if you're applying to a lot of jobs, responding to all those prompts? I mean, one of the most annoying prompts I'm sure you see all the time is like, why such and such company? You apply to Facebook. Facebook doesn't do this, but I'm just pretending. Why Facebook? That's, and then you have to answer it. So do you think it's important to take your time in responding to those questions, um, especially if it's a job that you really want, or do you think it's just kind of a waste? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. And, 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 and cover yeah. letters too. Cover letters yeah, too. Yeah. Like, is it worth putting in a cover letter? I think cover letters are irrelevant, but I think it does depend on the industry. Um, I would say that yeah. working in aerospace, as long as you had the skills and experience that the team was looking for, they'd want to talk to you. A cover letter didn't matter. But when I was working in higher education, it would be one of the qualifiers for looking at applicants. If they spent time on their application, they had a really targeted cover letter. Their CV was robust and you know in line with the other applications. So I think it really depends on the industry. Yeah, I agree. I think that it can be definitely beneficial in some cases, but I don't think there's a one size kind of fits all answer for this. I think, like Emily said, it definitely depends on the company, maybe specific hiring practices, definitely the industry, you know, um, that you're going into. Um, but it, I, I think that they used to be utilized a lot more, uh, but I don't think they carry as much weight as they used to. Um, I think we've kind of evolved and, you know, just through our hiring practices throughout the years, people don't really look at cover letters. I think that if, you know, a company's um, making you write a cover letter, then, then you should, but um, it's definitely a way that you can, you know, express your interest in the company, but I don't think that um, you're going to be looked down upon if you don't write a cover letter. Um, you know, um, I think that it can't hurt you, but it's not something that is, you know, um, that you need yeah to, you know, do unless it's specific, you're not going to be judged if you don't, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to kind of, um, I agree with what both of you are saying. I worked in, uh, like the YMCA, right. Uh, minimum wage. I love that job, but uh, yes, I had to write a cover letter, uh, to get it. So I wrote a cover letter. Yeah. Um, but I also want to speak to those, um, those prompts that a lot of the applications have uh, on them. You know, all of us are former or our recruiters, you know, looking for work or whatever. And, um, I can tell you that uh, recruiters, hire managers, they definitely do look at those prompts. And it's kind of a way of some way, some of it is a way of filtering out applicants. So if they're getting thousands and thousands of applicants, maybe this can dwindle it down to like from 4,000 to 1,000. If it's like a prompt that you have to answer, like why this company, like, or give me an example of such and such. And I know they're very annoying, but at the same time, I know when um, hiring managers have put those up for me uh, in recruiting, you know, I actually did read them because it was a way for me to uh, differentiate one candidate from another. So I know they're very annoying. And it does like for me, when I see a job like that, and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to waste my time and apply. But I can tell you that people definitely, um, uh, you know, look at those. So um, is that your yeah. experience as well? I guess I, in my experience, I'm also very annoyed when I'm applying and having to fill out all those prompts. But I guess in my recruiting experience as a recruiter, I've always recruited in very niche um, markets and, you know, for very hard to fill positions. And so I wasn't getting a ton of applicants. And so um, we did I didn't have, you know, those prompts or I wasn't looking at those prompts. Um, I was just wanting applicants who were qualified into the position on, you know, in my recruiting screen, I would always ask them, you know, 
why are you interested in this company or why did you apply to get more information there? Um, but free conversations, um, I think that, um, I think that, like you said, it can kind of, um, it can help if there's multiple applicate, you know, applications so that you can kind of check some off and, you know, um, make better judgment, but it just, I think that's also dependent. Yeah. Upon, you know, the positions that you're applying for and what industry you're into, um, kind of use your best judgment, but I, I hate answering those prompts to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to have a conversation and I'll, you know, express, you know, to you why I am interested in this position, but I also, um, would like, to, I don't like, um, yeah, communicating that just through my application. What do you think, Emily? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about some of the prompts that I've filled out recently for applications. And I think we all have that feeling of just annoyance when you just want to submit your resume and, you know, be considered for the position. And then you really have to think, look more into the company and, and sort of try to sell yourself a little bit more in those prompts. But I think for general rule of thumb, if they do ask for a cover letter or they do have some thoughtful company specific prompts, you better be filling them out with some effort because that could be make or break with your consideration for the company. I don't really agree with it, but that is just a qualifier that some companies will use. Yeah. And I used to uh, recruit for customer service uh, agents. And as you might imagine, it was, we got tons and tons and tons of applicants and we really did read those prompts. Uh, so um, I, I think you're, you know, most of our discussions today uh, can be basically answered with the question, it depends on what you're applying to, right? But um, a lot of us who are out of work are don't have a job because it's the market is so competitive right now, right? So a lot of us are applying for these jobs that include thousands of applicants. So the, just the one positive I'll say from seeing those prompts that you have to answer is if you actually do take your time, your likelihood of getting moving from applicant to recruiter screen uh, is much better if you actually take your time than if you just apply to a job online on greenhouse with no prompts. So you can kind of at least go into it knowing that you have a better chance, even if it's just like infuriating with the you know amount of effort that you went into this uh, job in addition to the other jobs that you're applying to. So that's the right. one takeaway I have from, I have from it, even though it is really annoying and obviously wish, you know, <laughs> wish they were, we, we didn't have to do it, but um, I want to, let's get, there's another, um, and I'm more, you just touched on this and that is, um, kind of going above and beyond referrals and that's okay let's find who the hiring manager is let's find um uh who on the team you could chat with uh you know about the role really putting yourself front and center uh in the company that you want to work for and going from there it kind of reminds me of like applying to a college right when we're in high school and uh, if you really wanted to go to college you would like make friends with the you know admiss admissions uh, director and you talk to the students and everything so is there you know kind of an equivalent when it comes to applying to jobs like again let's say you want to work for i'll just use facebook again as an example and you really 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 want to work for facebook is there something that you could do to go to the extra mile to give you an opportunity to go from applicant to recruiter screen um, um, sure. I'm trying to think on that. Cause I think it's also, I mean, Facebook or, you know, some of these companies are just so big. And so trying to find the right person who mm -hmm. can kind of, you know, vouch for you or, you know, trying to find that right person to have that conversation with can kind of be tougher at some of those bigger companies. Um, you know, at some smaller companies, I think that you can, um, 
it, you know, you find a company that you're really, you know, passionate about and excited about, but they're smaller. I think that you can have, you know, fewer conversations and it takes a lot less time to um, try and kind of research and kind of navigate um, through, you know, their employees and who would be beneficial for you to talk to and kind of just get some, even if it's just some insider information, you know, what's valuable, you know, what's the culture like, what's the work environment like and stuff like that so that you can kind of learn more and make sure that you're, you know, this is still a company that you're, you know, you want to work for. Um, but I think there's also, you know, really big companies. And so it's kind of makes it, you know, harder to get that in, you know, with. And so that's kind of where, you know, some of those bigger companies, you know, going to, you know, um, events, you know, that are organized by them. I think that that could be really helpful. Um, but in just kind of knowing someone, but I don't really have honestly, um, (laughs) any great advice to, I guess, really provide in that sense when, um, I, yeah, (laughs) I just haven't really had the best, um, I guess, experience with that. And, um, haven't been, you know, in this position before in the past. So I'm still trying to navigate that myself. <laughs> yeah. <I agree>. And, <laughs> and so it's, um, it's a learning process for me on my end too. And, um, I, yeah, I, I guess I just don't have advice to provide on that. And I'm not sure maybe do you, Elon, or does Emily, do you guys have, well, um, more information to provide? I have, I don't have any good advice, but I have just one thought. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people, um, would want to reach out to the recruiters at these organizations. So they'll reach out to the recruiters or TA at, at Meta, at Google, at Microsoft. And these recruiting teams are massive. And a lot of recruiters work with specific teams. So if you're a software engineer and you're messaging a recruiter who works with customer service, they are not going to be able to help you in your job search at all. That is a totally different department, totally different specialty. So I guess just one um, observation is that, you know, if you are sending messages to anyone on a talent team at these companies, please do some research on their LinkedIn profiles. Um, I know we've all had applicants reach out about, you know, an internship and we have, you know, nothing to do with internships at our previous company and we can help them, you know, maybe get some general information, but it's not going to help move forward in the job process for the specific profile that you're looking at. Yeah, I think, um, Emily, what you said is absolutely correct. Um, yeah, we, we were messaged all the time about roles that had nothing to do with what we were doing. Um, but I think one thing that you could do, and again, I mean, as Morgan was saying, like this is kind of new for us as well. So it's not like we've been so successful. So a lot of our thoughts are kind of thinking, A, it's kind of thinking on the spot, but also, you know, what has at least gotten us to the next round, right? right. Even if we, we could talk about interview strategy, negotiation strategy later on, but how do you just, you know, just get into the 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 stratosphere of the company by getting a screen so you have to find people who are working in a position where they can actually help you so if you reach out to a random recruiter it's very unlikely they're going to respond uh emily as you said and to be honest even if you reach out to a recruiter who is responsible for hiring they're probably not going to respond that's just that's just the reality but at least it will give you a better chance Um, And then you could go further and try and find the hire manager. I know that's difficult to do. You don't necessarily know who the hire manager is going to be, but um, doing some detective work is very likely to increase your odds. And I know at the beginning I talked about it's a numbers game and you mass applying, then hopefully eventually you could find it, you know, just like one, you know, or two interviews. But if you do mass applying and apply to less jobs and instead really tailor your job search to, um, to, to jobs that include a uh, a recruiter that you can see and, and a hiring manager that 
transparent, then that is going to help uh, your job search. Yeah. But you know, what, kind do of, yeah. know? what do we know? I know. And kind of, <laughs> I guess, on top of that, yeah. to go off of that, and on top of that, if you are reaching out to people, you know, three through LinkedIn or, you know, whether it's recruiters or, you know, people who just work at the company. Uh, one thing is don't just reach out to them to reach out to them to see if they have openings, you know, be very clear and concise and with what you're looking for, with what position you're interested in and why you believe you'd be a good fit and stuff like that. So um, you get, I've gotten better responses and response, even if they can't directly help me, um, maybe they refer me to someone else who can help me. And so just being clear with, you know, your reach outs and um, in the messages that you're, you know, um, sending to people so that um, it just makes it easier for the person and that, you know, maybe that referral, um, you know, to by providing them with that information and, you know, maybe an updated resume and kind of just brief summary of your skills and experience and what exactly you're looking for so that they can be a better help and assistance to you too. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And I think making these messages really concise and brief as well. Um, mm -hmm. We did some research on LinkedIn in-mail response rates and the messages that were pretty brief and to the point got the most responses um, on LinkedIn. So yeah, important. it's it's a sales it's a sales job when you have when you don't have a job and you're looking for a job, you're moved to whatever position that you had before to a sales. <laughs> Uh, you know, and you're selling SDR, yourself, you're selling yourself or, or a recruiter or something. Yeah. You're selling yourself to whoever you're trying to get a job from. So, but yeah, just to recap, um, you know, I think we talked about a few different strategies here and then I want to kind of ask Emily and Morgan, what you guys uh, think is the best or you have different strategies, but uh, we talked about just mass applying, right? Just apply, 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 and use your time that way. Uh, looking for referrals, whether that be friends or family, um, or, you know, potentially people from your university. Um, another thing is really taking your time on your applications, curating your application to, to the job, whether that's your resume, cover letter, taking your time on those prompts. And then lastly is putting yourself in front of the company and the job that you want to work for in every single manner possible, like putting yourself in front of the recruiter and the hiring manager team, et cetera. So those are kind of the strategies we discussed today. Um, but Emily and Morgan, I mean, is there anything that I'm missing or we're missing here? No, I think that was a good summary. And I think the question that you posed, Elon, was what is the most successful? Um, and I know that from my experience, I've had about five interviews and almost half of them have been in some connection to a referral. So I think in terms of getting your application seen and noticed and having conversations with the company, it is really critical to make some sort of contact within the organization just to get your application seen and get those conversations started. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. It helps you, you know, it just when you have a referral, it just shows, you know, that trust and credibility helps you just stand out in the crowd, um, potentially maybe shorten the hiring process as well to get you to that interview quicker. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, referrals are very, very, very important and especially, you know, in the market and what we're seeing today, um, even more so. So yeah. utilize yeah. those all you can. <laughs> yeah, they won't get you hired, but they'll get you in the door. They'll get you yeah. Yes. Yeah conversations yeah. and could lead to other conversations as well. So, um, completely agree. Yeah. And, and another thing about referrals is, um, you know, I know, you know, I kind of posed who do you get a referral from? I think that you, you as a listener, like, you know, just, just in general, probably know more people than you think. Like one of my, um, interviews that I had, um, just to get myself in the door was for, um, a company where I worked with, 
so okay, let me let me back up for a second. Um, five years ago, I had one interaction with this woman who was interviewing at a company I used to work for, and now she works five years later at another company that I want to work for. I reached out to her on LinkedIn. She remembered me. She remembered our interaction. She referred me, and I got an interview. So you might actually know more people than you think in your network. So. Being able to expand, you know, your your network a little bit in your head uh, goes a long way. The last part got cut off, but we we're just wrapping up the third episode of Thanks for Your Interest. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you soon.